And we're back after a short little hiatus. It was barely any time at all, really. <laughs> it was over six months. Yay. Sometimes you got to take a little time off. And, uh, you know, I think it was the fame that was getting to me. I really had to get back, you know, reconnected to who I am. It was the aliens that took me, so yeah, that's can't true. really relate. She kind of went missing for a little bit, but hey, she's back, and honestly, she's better. We like her a lot, a lot more now. <laughs> I've been probed. <laughs> <laughs> she's been, <laughs> she's been probed. Good for her, you know. Every once in a while, a lady needs a good probing. Okay, so thanks for listening, and as we get back into it. We kind of wanted to tell you a little bit about why we were gone so long. We feel like we owe it to you guys because we were pumping them out there for a bit. And then all of a sudden, nothing. And everyone was like, hey, when's the next episode? Um, You know, are you guys still doing the podcast? Um, You know, things like that. People were wondering. And I guess, yeah, a lot of things happened. And we'll just kind of touch on that real quick just to kind of give you a, a reason why. Well, unfortunately, we had uh, several family members that passed, so we just had to take some time to, you know, recoup, I guess. And grieve, yeah. Yeah. So, anyways, here we are. But on that note, um, tonight's episode is going to be on life, death, and the transformation. Ooh, transforming. What do you think? Okay, well, like, let's start before that. Do you think there are past lives? Yeah, I, I do think past lives exist, and they're a real thing, and it's something that still lives with us. If you guys ever heard of past life regression, Shayla, what do you feel about that? Do you believe in past life regression? Yeah, I do. Past I mean, life, so for the listeners, what? Explain what past life regression is. Well, past life regression is when you're literally, like. Literally. Yeah. (laughs) You're remembering your past lives, right? It's like, you know, some people might see that in a form of, like, dreams, deja vu. They go through hypnotherapy. Okay, so deja vu is is a past life thing then? I think. Yeah, I mean, that makes sense, but I guess, I wonder how many people have actually experienced deja vu, you know, compared to people who haven't, because if you're going to say that that is a past life regression thing, then you would have had to been there, you know what I mean? So when you have deja vu, you're like, I know I've been here before. Not always. I think that it's something that triggers like a memory. Or so it could be like a smell or right. a sound. Yep. Not necessarily the exact place that you're at. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. I mean that. Yeah. Okay. That's a lot easier to digest. I think. Yeah. So, like for example, if I were to go to like a museum or even like the only reason I'm saying this is because we just passed a railroad museum the other day. But say you were to go there, right? And something there triggers that memory. Okay, so you, let's say you're looking at old pictures and you're like, oh my God, why do I, I feel like I've seen this picture before, but you know for a fact you've never been to that museum or, you know, it may be a picture of a a, a train car from 1800s back in, you know, Montana, and you've never even been to Montana either. Yeah, right. Okay. Yeah. 
So it's like a, it's like a little blip that brings you back to something. And the reason why you don't know why you've seen it before, but you feel so comfortable with it is because it's from a past life. And you're not going to remember your entire past life. I mean, some right. people, like those, those uh, stories of those little kids that are like, yeah, this is where I died and this is what happened to me. And they're six years old explaining the exact instances that took someone's life. And, you know, the, the parents are like, how do you know all that? Well, I have a theory about that, too. Oh. I think that kids that are, I would say, probably around like seven or eight or younger, you're so pure and innocent at that age. And so you're not tainted by anything like religion or beliefs or really anything. Right? That's what yeah, that's what I'm saying. It's even more of like a more of a strength to that idea. Right. Because and they haven't seen like, you know, we've seen hundreds of movies and songs and all that, but for like a six-year-old to be like, this is what happened to me. And you're like, how do you know that? Well, yeah, because you don't hear, like even, even young kids that see things and experience things and then adults are like, no, nah, I don't believe that. Like, that's just your imaginary friend. It's like, okay, dude, no. Yeah. It's not. <laughs> yeah. Did you guys have any imaginary friends? No. I have find you? that hard to believe. I never had imaginary friends. I just saw ghosts. <laughs> okay. Well, I guess that's a, you know, that's good. I mean, what about you, Shayla? Did you have any imaginary friends? What do you think when kids say that? If they have an imaginary friend, what do you think that means? Do you think it is an imaginary friend? Do you think it's uh, like a different kind of species from this, a different area of this, you know, whole universe no when a oh. kid says that oh i have an imaginary friend no there's something there and you know they just don't recognize exactly what it is and then the parents are like oh yeah you know it's totally fine he just sees you know this little kid it's totally normal yeah it's because not. It's one thing to imagine something when you're a kid. You know, you you play cops and robbers or you have a cardboard box and you're like, this is my spaceship. And everyone's like, oh, how cute. When you're like, this is my imaginary friend, Nick. He died because he fell off the back of a truck and he hit his head and he lived here and blah, blah, blah. You're like, okay, wait, you just made made all that up for what? Yeah, that's Cheyenne. Yeah. <laughs> that was me as a kid. Um, so do you think imaginary friends are actually past lives of people or like uh like you know dead people probably ghosts. just some dead people honestly like the yeah. good ones the good ones yeah have you ever so have you ever heard of anyone having an imaginary friend that was bad that like hurt people or i mean i don't know anybody personally that has but like i think that that's possible yeah, because usually it's like, oh, this is my imaginary friend, and they, like, play and have a great time, and then that's it. I mean, other than, you know, horror movies, because they're like, this is my imaginary friend. His name's Damien. Yeah, but that stuff comes from somewhere, right? Yeah, I can so, see that. Yeah, I mean, I think it's possible, but, yeah, I don't know anybody, so. If you have an imaginary friend out there and you're listening, come on the show, you know? <laughs> Tell us a story. Yeah. <laughs> so I had an imaginary friend when I was a kid. He was one of those. Yeah, and <laughs> I um, I remember coming home, 
after, you know, I had had this imaginary friend for a while, and I told my mom, and I was like, my friend, I think it was Nick or some, a name like that. I was like, my friend Nick died at school. She was like, oh, my God. And so she, like, calls the school and is, like, asking everyone. And they're like, we don't have a, a Nick that passed away or anything like that, so I don't know what your, what your son's talking about. You know, he must have a vivid imagination. But I was like, yeah, he fell off of a fence backwards and hit his head, and he died. And she was like, oh, my God, you know. And so she's, like, scrambling around trying to find out about this Nick guy, but it never came up. I mean, there was never anything that happened that – she could equate to that, and then it was just, like, moved on. You know, I was, like, six. So I was, like, hey, he's dead, and, you know, he died, so we can't play anymore. So, I I mean, what do you think that was? you think that was a spoopy? Yeah, that was definitely a spoopy. He was tight, though. I remember him being pretty pretty tight, pretty down. Okay, so at what age did he leave? I mean, I don't think this was very long. I think it was, like, I was probably six or seven, and it was probably maybe a two-month, three-month thing. Like, from when he entered my life to when he left? Yeah, see, maybe he was visiting, or did you see anything after that? Because, you know, once your parents kind of influence you, things just seem to disappear. Have you ever noticed that? Yeah, I, mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, definitely. Because people are like, oh, yeah, kids' imaginations, you know, they go away after so long. And I think that's because we're not nurturing what they're seeing or experiencing, and we kind of invalidate their uh like, their experiences because they're young. Yeah. Like, oh, you don't know anything. You're, you're seven. Yeah, I would much rather take a kid's word over some adult that's like, oh, yeah, that's just straight shit. I don't believe you. Yeah, because p- people lie all the time. Yeah. Like, adults. And people are like, oh, this kid's a liar. It's like, is he a liar or is he telling the truth and you don't want to hear it? Or you're just afraid of the truth. Yeah. Yeah. Or you saw what he saw, too, and you were afraid of it, and so you tell him it doesn't exist. Yep. Denying. Yeah, because, I mean, if he... Our minds are so strong that even if you do something, you can change it in your own mind to either not see it or not, you know what I mean? Like, humans' minds are so complex, and if you don't nurture that and you do the exact opposite of being like, hey, get rid of that thought, basically, over time, it will happen, and they'll just block it out completely, or the veil will close, and they're not allowed to see it anymore because they have been told and they've tricked themselves into believing that it doesn't exist it almost so if you believe in like the third eye it literally closes so can you reopen it yeah i think you can everyone i think has the potential to to completely see interact you know be involved with these things but they just choose not to like you're not using you know your full potential yeah, I can see that. And uh, over time, like you said, with belief systems or religion or whatever may influence you, uh, you kind of make your subconscious decision to close that off to yourself. Right. Even if you're that little, because you don't know any better. Yeah. And you just do what you're told. Right. Yeah. I mean, like, just imagine if there was like a community of people that from birth, just completely nurtured, like, a population of people that were like, hey, I have an imaginary friend. Okay, yeah, you do. What does he look like? Where is he? You know, can you mm-hmm. see him right now? Where? What's he doing? Blah, blah. And you just raise that child to be like that. What all they would see, and once they become an adult and have these complex thoughts, imagine the things they could tell you that are right next to you 
but you don't see it because their eye has never even winced. It's if anything's been opened more and more as they get older. Right. So if any of you guys have kids, listen to what they have to say because they know what's what. Unless they'd be doing like weird stuff like, oh, my imaginary <laughs> friend said I can jump off this roof. You'd be like, hmm. Maybe yeah. not. Then it's a demon and run. Yeah, that's not your imaginary <laughs> friend. That's Damien again. Yeah, right. Okay. Now your child's the omen. Yeah, exactly. I'm sorry, okay. little Blexley. You're going to have to run away from Damien. That's that's too much. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so since we talked about the little ones, what do you think um, about older people? Like, do you think that they know when they are transitioning from... Life oh, to for death? sure. Really? You think they're aware? Yeah, I think I think it's a lot like like your life cycle, the beginning and the end are so similar. Because in a physical sense, you're not as strong. Your your mind's kind of going and you know, people are taking care of you on your way out as they were on your way in. So you're brought up and people are, you know, uh, feeding you, bringing you things you need making sure you're, you're good to go and all that. And then when you transition out, it's the same thing. You're being nurtured into the next chapter. And so I think that, that your mind almost goes back to that childlike disposition of taking things at their truth. So if someone comes to you and you're older, you're not like, oh, that doesn't exist. Like, if you're on your way out, you're like, that doesn't exist. Because I've heard plenty of stories of people that, you know, their mom's, uh, you know, passing away. And she'll say, oh, I see. She'll, she'll say someone's name of someone else in the family like that. They've already passed either their father or their uncle or someone else that's passed. And they'll be like, oh, you know, Gerald's here. And everyone's like, uh, Uncle Gerald, who passed 15 years ago? And she's like, yeah, he's right there. And that's. It's funny because when they're kids, you say, oh, no, that doesn't exist. But when they're older, you try and comfort them and be like, okay, you know, what's, what's he saying? You know, or go with them. Because you want them to be comfortable. So it's almost like a flip-flop from the beginning. There's no questioning. Yeah. yeah. No, exactly. It's just more of, okay, yeah, more of agreeing, um, which they probably do show up. Oh, yeah. And yeah. I, would, I would lay someone the fuck out if they were like, no, Uncle Gerald's not there. He's been dead or whatever. I'm like, well, you're going to be with Uncle Gerald soon, okay? Shut your yapper. That's why I'm always, I always like say to you, like, you should be careful what you believe because one day that day is going to come and, you know, then what? What do you mean? It's like, like, I always think like, you know, depending on what you believe, that is what you will experience. Oh, you think... So, like, if I were to believe that when I die, like, there's no limit of what could happen. Like, it's just an infinite possibility, and whatever your belief is just happens. Yeah, if that's what you believe. I mean, that's pretty comforting for for you. Yeah. You know what I mean? To be like, this is what I believe, and blah, blah. Like, you know, me, being a Christian and growing up in a Christian household, there's two things that happen when you die. Right. Heaven, Heaven or hell. So you better be right with Jesus. <laughs> but I've always asked people in the church, even when I was young, I asked them really uncomfortable questions because I was like, okay, so if it's heaven or hell and you have to, you know, believe in Jesus and what he did and that's how you get there, 
What about people in like faraway lands that no one has ever been able to get to them or has gone to them and they die? You're going to tell me they go straight to hell? Well, I don't know about any of that. I mean, I guess if that's But like what based they... on the belief system. Right. That's hard for me or like a someone who's born deaf and blind, can't hear, can't see. Maybe they die at like 4 or 5. Yeah. They're going to hell? I mean, I don't know a whole lot about as far as like religion goes, but I just think there's a lot to it and it's this is the last thing I'll say on this cuz it's not going to be a religion podcast. The only thing I'll say is that you can't take the complexity of a God or of God and boil it down into how men speak. You know what I mean? No. Like you can't take, like it's like taking the vastness of the ocean and putting it through a funnel. And you're like, that's what it is. And you're like, but what about all that over there? How do you, what is all this? And they're like, no, no, this is what you get. You get it through the straw. You know what I mean? Because if yeah. it's if God created everything, you can't be be like, oh, hey, this is what this is. Yes or no? It's black and white. You know, there has to be something else. Yeah, but that's how I view religion as a whole. Yeah, like and, any kind. And I know that. Yeah. So it's yeah, it's totally different. But, but like back to yours. Yeah. So, so like, and I'm not joking. I'm just like trying to put this out there. Oh like, God. let's say I believe that like when I die. I end up in an Oreo factory for the rest of my life. And like I'm not and I'm not bullshit and like this is my true belief. Wholeheartedly I believe that. Do you boo? Then you think I would end up at a Oreo factory? Is that an actual belief system or I'm just saying if the, if someone did believe that. Sure, I guess. I mean anything's possible. Tight. <laughs> so for all my non-believers out there that have no belief system at all, go for the Oreo one doesn't sound bad. Yeah. And what do you think, Shy? I kind of feel the same way. Um, you know, it's whatever you believe in that's probably going to end up happening to you. If you feel like you're going to be six foot deep, you're going to be six foot deep under, you know? Like, that's it, you know? Yeah, All there is is black. That's, I think that's the hardest one for me to believe. Or, like, to not, not believe because I don't believe it. But that's the hardest one for me to digest is that, like, when the light's out, that's it. There's nothing else. We were just talking about this because Eric had asked me what atheists believe. And I was like, let me let me get this for you. I've had a few friends in the past that are atheists. And um, I knew a little bit about it, but I got like the actual definition. And it's pretty wild because that's actually, you know, what a lot of people think. I'm not saying all atheists. OK. Yeah. Don't I'm, come at us. No. But come on the show if you got something to say, you know, step up. Yeah. <laughs> no, but I'm just saying a lot of or at least the few atheists, okay, that I knew personally, that's what they thought. And I was like, that's so wild. It's and I'm so sad. Yeah, I was like, that's what I'm going to, yeah, it's yeah. sad. Like how, that's so terribly distressing. I would be terrified of death if that's what I believed. Like that's it. This is science. Yeah. <laughs> it's a science based. I know. And that's the thing with like, like faith in anything, like your guys' belief, that's your faith in that. You have full faith that that's how it's going to happen, right? But these people have full faith that when they die, that's it. I know, but at the same time, I think that's why a lot of people are scared of death is because they, it's so much of the unknown that they just don't know. Yeah. So it scares them. I'm pretty excited to see what happens. Like, 
because everyone does it, right? Everyone dies. Everyone's yeah. before us. They know now. They know exactly what what it is, but no one can tell you what it is. You have near death experiences where people can tell you how it felt when they were close to it, you know, but they didn't actually die because their soul came back or never, never left completely, you know? Yeah, it's pretty, it's pretty interesting. Like those near-death experiences are pretty wild. I just always, you know, I think now, especially after the last year, year and a half, I really do believe that people that are, um, you know, sick or, you know, they're kind of on their way to transitioning. I, I truly think that their soul and their spirit believes that, okay, like I know what's happening. Even if they like physically and mentally aren't there, I think their spirit and soul knows what's going on. Yeah, like uh, almost like um, like muscle memory. Like the soul knows that it's nearing the next part. Right. So you can kind of calm the rest of the body, like the mind and and the body that, hey, you know, this next part's coming and it's it's going to be okay, you know? Yeah. Just like that guy, that documentary that we watched on that um, guy in Buffalo, New York. He uh, is a director of hospice and he didn't believe in any of this, okay, going into it. And now he's a full believer that these people know when it's coming, how it's going to happen, all that, because of these these patients that have all these dreams, and it's it's wild. Well, yeah, I mean, he's around death constantly. Right. So he's he sees it more than a lot of people. Mm-hmm. I mean, more than uh, you're definitely your everyday person just walking through life. This guy is uh, constantly surrounded by death, and can tell when someone's going to go and kind of gets to see. I mean, it's a very intimate part of life. It's it's the same feeling that I, probably doctors have when they, you know, deliver a baby. They're like, holy crap, this is like a new life entering this world. They, on the other hand, are delivering that life into the afterlife. So it's like a really important job, too. I mean, you need to be just as careful with someone passing on as you do when delivering someone into this world, I think. Because they're going to haunt your ass. Yeah. <laughs> you don't want to do it wrong because old Gretchen be scratching at the walls. Uh, and to touch base also back on the near-death experiences, I feel like a lot of people experience the same feeling from what I've researched. What, what are those? It's almost like a sense of feeling okay when it's happening like comforted yeah comforting but it's like hey it's not your time now you have to go back and then they come back and it's just like wow like i was kind of grateful to experience that kind of a thing like they wouldn't be upset if they ended up passing yeah a lot of those people i mean there were that was a great documentary on on death that we had watched it was like a six-part episode I know. I don't remember what that was. It was on Netflix, and it was about passing. It was all about. It was like on death or something like oh, that. Oh yeah, Cheyenne told us about it. Yeah, and the thing was that a lot of those people did experience that and came back to the came back to their body, 
And we're like very pleased and like, okay, you know, and I'm going to live my life to the fullest. But when it comes my time for real, I'm ready, you know, and they had like no fear anymore. A lot of them, though, wanted to go back. So yeah. it must be, hopefully, it's a pleasant thing for Some you know of them kind of lost it mentally after they did that because they were like, I don't want to be here anymore because now I know how great it felt being there. Right. And by the way, for anyone wondering, you can find this docuseries on Netflix. It's called Surviving Death. Yeah. Another good mm, fiction television show um, would be the OA, which the first season was great. Talks about near-death experience. Yeah, and like amongst how it changes you. Strange things. And another, a third one to watch is Josh Gates did that special on the afterlife. And he went around the world and, and kind of saw how different people experienced, you know, people passing. He was uh, deep in the forest somewhere in, I think it was Asia. And they kept their relatives after they passed in their own room in the coffin still with their clothes and would pull them out each year and have a celebration and walk them down the streets and it was like death wasn't like this taboo scary gross thing that like it is in america it was like a very welcomed part of life and they celebrated it every year it wasn't like oh my god there's a corpse in there it was like no that's my dad yeah we love josh gates also yeah, yeah come on the show hey josh yeah. gates if you're listening come on the show <laughs> No, but that show is really neat because it does go into like the protocols of the different cultures and like it's it's pretty neat if you like, you know, that kind of stuff. Yeah. And it's very it's it's good to see other cultures in general. We always talk about that and how important it is to to, you know, give shed light on other cultures and just kind of respect what they do. And because no one person has everything figured out. Yeah. Just get back to your roots. Yeah. No matter what they are, okay? That's right. Whether you're Anglo-Saxon, Caucasian, Nordic, whatever, Mexican. Yeah, you guys Especially if you're Mexican. Yeah. <laughs> you got some cool shit, so just look into it. It's so old. Yeah. And, I mean, your people, wherever you're from, no matter how mixed you are, how much, you know, I'm 12% Irish, 12%, whatever, look into all those things. You, you might be surprised at how much you connect with it without even knowing it. And why you connect with that. I mean, it's very important to, to uh, look into those things for yourself and, and find out, like, who you are. So what do you think happens, like, the, the moments that people pass? Like, what, what do you think? Like, spiritually or physically or what? I mean, both, I guess. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. I don't know, like, physically. Like, do you think you... I know there's plenty of studies on what actually happens to the body, but are you, like, tensing, tensing up, or are you, like, loose, or? I don't know. I mean, it'd have to depend on how you pass, though. If you're in your room with your family around you, you'd probably be pretty relaxed and, like, okay, you know, I can do this. Everyone's with me. Yeah. But, like, if you're in combat and someone just shot you and you're bleeding out, you're probably not like, oh, this is tight. Although, it's been, I mean, plenty of times... Guys have, unfortunately, you know, passed in that situation. And they feel, like, they'll tell you they feel, uh, like, warmth mm -hmm. throughout their body. 
which is wild because they have insane blood loss. So their core temperature is definitely dropping drastically. Right. And they'll just say, oh, I feel so warm. And then they'll just go. And so it's, it's almost like, like you said, like your soul, if it knows, it's going to try and comfort you and try, you know, try to send you off in the right direction. Yeah. All I know from my latest experiences is that I have comfort in knowing that just because people aren't physically here doesn't mean they're still not around. Yeah, definitely. That's a great way to put it. I'm like, yeah, okay, that was their physical being, right? That was their shell. But, I mean, I think that there's, you know, they're still around. I still talk to them. Even though they aren't there, I still talk to them like they are. Well, what's crazy is how many dreams I had after your grandmother passed and then your other grandmother passed. They Mm -hmm. both came to me in dreams. And I'd never been like one of those people that's like, you know, oh, dreams are so important. And now I'm like, okay, let me get some more of those dreams because it's cool that they visit you in your like subconscious state. Yeah, well, I think they're actually coming to visit you. Yeah, but, like, to not arouse any suspicion or have you be like, oh, a book moved, like, I'm freaked out. Right. They're like, hey, hey, first of all, relax, you know, and second, it's fine, I'm right here. Yeah, and we were always told growing up, like, if you remember those dreams, it it's not a dream, it's a message, it's meant for you, so he, I always, I always, and I need to do this because... I have a hell of a time, but I I need to keep a book uh, or like a notepad next to my um, bed because I, you know, dream constantly and there's always people coming to see us. So I'd yeah. like to remember, you know, what it is that they're telling me or. Yeah. Shy, have you ever had like dreams after someone passed, whether it's in your family or one of your friends or someone you knew that came to visit you and maybe it wasn't them? Like, it, it didn't look exactly like them, but you knew it was them? Like, anything like that ever happened? Yeah, I have. Not, like, if it doesn't look like them. Just maybe a different, like, a variation of them. Mm-hmm. I mean, you don't feel weirded out. No. I don't think after it happens. You're like, okay, cool. Like, thanks for coming to visit me. Yeah, it means you know, a I appreciate lot. it. Yeah. yeah. And you really have to give thanks for those kind of things because I don't know how hard it is for them to do it, but, you know, they can't. It's gotta. It's gotta be something. It's gotta take something out of them to go there and visit whoever you know. So you gotta be grateful for those moments. Yeah, they probably have to figure out how to do it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, uh, they're they're trying to figure things out just like anyone else is in something brand new to them. I mean, death is new to them now, and so they're like, okay, what do I do? How do I act? Where do I go? You know, how can I visit people? And things like that. So, yeah, if you do ever have a dream after someone passes, I would just say after the dream, just give a little thanks for that, you know, and and just be grateful that they came to visit you again. So what do you guys think? Well, tell me what you think culturally and religiously your views on on how they go about, you know, like after somebody passes, you know what I mean? Well, culturally, and it was really weird because Shay and I got together in July, and she came down to California, and my grandfather passed. 
like as soon as she got there. And so we went to go, you know, to my grandma's house and to, uh, to go comfort her and be with the family. And it kind of shocked her because he was still there. And, you know, I was like, hey, just so you know, like in Mexican culture, usually they leave the body there. Oh, uh, not all Mexican culture. In where my people are from and my, my family's culture, uh, they would leave the body there for a while for people to visit and to be with. And I mean like a week, you know, just laying there. Because it gives everyone a chance to come and say goodbye and say what they need. And then, uh, you know, with the Day of the Dead and all that, they believe that your family comes back and visits you and your loved ones come and visit you. So they throw a party every year. And so that's that, culturally that's what happens. But I think that, you know, based on Christianity, that once you pass, you go and to the gates of heaven and God is there and he kind of just gives you a rundown of your life, things you did right, things you did wrong. And then from there, you either get to enter heaven or you go down to the H-E double hockey sticks and you burn for eternity. Oof. Yeah, not tight. Put that on the list of things that are not super not tight (laughs) going to hell. Cheyenne, what do you think? Um, honestly, things have changed for me. I'm like, is there just Grim Reaper that comes? <laughs> it's like, come on, oh, you, come you're with thinking, me. <laughs> you're thinking Grim Reaper is around? No, no, I've just the Reap Man. Um, right before we had a passing. Remember, I told, well, I told Shayla about this dream that I had about this strange man coming into my apartment that was bald and dressed in black and he was taking all my things. After discussing this with a spiritual mentor, he told me that death was around. So now I'm like, hmm, you know, is this guy death guy? Is that dead guy doing like yeah, guys, that guy's dead. He's like, duty. yeah, I'm warning you. <laughs> so, you know, it's kind of like, I'm thinking like that. You so know? you're starting to believe that it, there's or a that force out there that brings death. Like, that that's its job. Yeah, or like you said, like a family member coming. It could come in that form, too, when the person's ready to go. You know, there's like a okay. messenger okay. of death. And it just depends on who you are. As to how they show themselves. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That could be it. I wish it's harder to explain. Um, No, because I mean, let's just make it easy. Death itself comes to visit. Right. There you go. That's it. Yeah. And death can be anything. Whether it be a man in a clown suit or that's a family John, member. When Gacy died, <laughs> that's what showed up for his ass. Yikes. Yeah, but I think there's got, like Shayla always says, there's always a reason for beliefs and for traditions and all things like that, right? There's a reason that Grim Reaper is so prevalent in cultures across the world. There's Because everyone's experienced something that has been death before someone died. Or to, to let them know to warn them, to scare them, whatever it may be, it something's shown up and been like, hey, I, I am death, and either I'm here to take you or I'm here to take someone else. 
And I don't think the Grim Reaper gets a good rep, you know, but it's not, he doesn't choose. It's just what has to happen. Right. It's him doing his nine to five. Yeah, right. <laughs> He's just clocking in. Um, would you say there's any sort of person or animal or anything in your culture, Eric, that signifies that kind of message of death? Oh, dude, the owl. Okay. Yeah. Ours too. Yeah. La Lechuza coming. If you be hearing screeching and whatnot. But like I touched on in another episode, Mexican culture is dope because if La Lechuza is coming, like you can shoot it with a gun because we don't play. All right. We keep it real. We don't really shoot. Lollachusa. <laughs> yeah. We just hear the owl and then we're like, okay, we kind of know what to expect as on a Native American perspective. And I feel like if you were to talk to anyone from any tribe around the nation, they'd probably give you that same kind of explanation, maybe. And I think the same feeling revolves around the owl as it does the Grim Reaper, where above all, it's revered, right? It's a very important thing death happens to everyone but with things like that because of people being afraid of death people are afraid of whatever's associated with it so if you hear an owl you're instantly scared because you're like god is it me is it my grandma is it my mom you know who is it yeah but i think we need it needs to be more revered than than feared because you can't change it it's only a messenger it, it's not there to take it's only there to let you know what's going to happen. Right. This is so weird. We're actually kind of coming full circle. So I don't know if we mentioned this in an earlier podcast. Now, this has been a while. But Eric and I took a trip to Seattle last, what, August, September? Yeah, September. And it was the weirdest, most spoopiest trip I've we've <laughs> ever had. It was definitely very paranorthwest. Yeah. And this was also during the same time that that creature thing showed up at my house and was wanting to come in my house. So a lot of strange things happened here. It was the season of spoop. But, you know, speaking of the messenger, so we were in the Olympic National Forest. I'll, I'll never forget this. Now, at the time and the time that we recorded the one of the podcasts, we did not know that. My grandmother was ill. Okay. I hadn't, we didn't know. We're driving in the forest, okay, middle of the night, and this fox is right beside our car, just staring at us, just staring us down. And I said, okay, that, that's a message right there. And I didn't know what it meant. And then come to find out, I found out through some elders that, you know, the fox in our tribe is a trickster, um, but usually it is a messenger of death and sickness. And so, you know, I, it's just kind of eerie now. And we had been in that part before. I mean, we go there every year. The same parts, you know, we drive around the same places. I had never seen a fox there, especially it was like late, like one one or two a.m. Yeah, and it didn't just like get scared and leave. It literally stayed right by the car and just like stared at us. Yeah, it came out and was just like eyeing us down. And I was like, "Do you see that right now?" And she's like, "Yeah." And I'm like, well, "Why isn't it running or doing anything?" It was just 
looking at us like it had something to say. Yeah. So now, you know, I know what that was, but even the littlest of things can be, you know, bringing you a message. You just have to, you just have to listen. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Um, so if you guys do have any sort of, first of all, uh, near death experiences or animals or any kind of visitors that come to you, you should uh, let us know by either commenting on one of our posts. You can find us on Facebook at Paranorthwest, and you can also find us on Instagram at the Paranorthwest. Feel free to send send us a message, a DM. Uh, you can also find our email on there too. Yeah, it's Paranorthwestteam at gmail dot com, or just come on the show. You know, yeah, fly, fly come on the here. show. Yeah, see, let's get more people on the show. We need more people that are willing to talk about this because it is slightly taboo to some people. Yeah, and I always like getting other people's opinions on things and what they think and where they why they arrived at their ideas anyway, you know, culturally or traditionally, how their family values are set up. You know, things like that are really interesting to me, and especially when they believe in it wholeheartedly. They're not like, oh, I think this happens. They're like, well. Well, what do you re- what do you really believe? Right. Yeah. But yeah, um, I think that was a good welcome back episode. Yeah, I just want to say thanks for holding out and sticking around this long. Hopefully, you guys like this latest episode. Yeah, we really appreciate you guys listening, and I just want to give a quick shout out to our boy Dylan and uh, his gal Rowan. They've been they've been with us since the get go. They're always quick to to share and. And listen to the podcast and give our feedback. And we actually have a, a special thing we're going to do with Dylan on one of these episodes. He's got a, uh, a very intense story about something that happened to him um, when he was younger. So look look for that episode. That'll be a, a quick little special that we're going to have him do. And uh, if you like Cheyenne said, if you guys have anything to add or, or any stories that you have, feel free to, to reach out to us. Yeah, um... On top of that, little cherry on top, uh, this might be a full synchronicity for Dylan, you know, us meeting him and him being a part of Paranorthwest, you know, <laughs> like that. How? No, because you know how he always, always jokes about synchronicities? No. Okay, we can cut that out. Also, Dylan believes wholeheartedly in the Kentucky Goblins, all right? Which, hellier. again, hellier, uh, shout out to Greg Newkirk. Um, you can always come on the show. Be on our podcast, <laughs> Greg. Come on the show, Dana. Come on the show. Hashtag synchronicities, Dylan. You love that. <laughs> um, but yeah, thank you for sticking around. I've had a lot of fans. I don't even know if they're called fans. A lot of people um, asking when is the next podcast. So here it is. You guys aren't fans, so we know that. Okay, we're kind of famous. <laughs> We're very famous. <laughs> um, so let us know where you want us to go next. We did try a spot a couple days ago, but unfortunately with ghost hunting, sometimes things don't show up. So let us know uh, any crazy weird places around the Pacific Northwest. Yeah. Shout out to our two listeners. Hey, we love you guys. So thank you for listening to this episode of Paranorthwest. I'm Eric. I'm Shayla. And I'm Cheyenne, so put on your tinfoil hats, wipe your bum bum, 
and keep it spooky. spooky.